0: Welcome to Will Write for Wine, a podcast about wine, writing, and song, but mostly wine and writing, with your hosts, Samantha Graves and Lonnie Diane Rich. Take it away, girls.
1: Thank you, Wanda.
2: Welcome to Will Write for Wine. This is Samantha Graves. And this
1: is Lonnie Diane Rich. We're here to talk to you about wine and
2: writing. Yes, and today's episode will be on acronyms.
1: Acronyms, which are so much fun. They are.
2: <laughs> Nobody knows everywhere. what they mean. Yeah. <laughs> you find them in every every industry has their own acronyms.
1: Yep, their own little shorthand. Yeah.
2: I mean, even, you know, even the internet. LOL. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, the internet has far too many. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Sometimes kind of I get them story. and I'm looking at
2: them, I'm thinking, what the heck?
1: <laughs> I know, which is which is why we're talking about this tonight, so that all the people, whenever we pull out POV and GMC, and the people who maybe are more wine and less writing in our listening um, audience, <laughs> can follow right along. So this show, guys, is for you. That's right. All right. But I also wanted to talk about something very briefly mm-hmm. today. I had a lovely surprise this afternoon. What was it? The UPS guy came Ooh, and dropped did you off. you have the UPS guy? I am a UPS guy. <laughs> Came and dropped off a box for me. I was on the phone with my editor. This big uh-huh. box shows up full of, guess what? <gasps> wine. Oh. <laughs> it was like I died and gone to heaven. That's like a fantasy. That's uh, the ultimate was, fantasy is the UPS I, guy delivering wine. <laughs> I had to double check the address. Because I was like, this can't be for me. But it turns out my very good friend Laura Fitzgerald, who is the fabulous author of Veil of Roses, came out in December. Oh, and yeah. it's um yes, yes. It's a story about the Iranian woman who comes over to um to America and it's a wonderful, wonderful book. Everybody run out and get it. Guarantee you're gonna love it. But anyway, she's she and I have been friends for like, you know, fourteen years. And um she is a listener and a fan of the show and she sent Sam and myself six bottles of wine from My Wines Direct. Which is this internet shop where people over the age of 21, the UPS guy actually has to check your ID when he delivers it, which is really cute. Um, But you can order all sorts of fabulous, like, wine samplers and and cool stuff. It's awesome. It's mywinesdirect.com for those of you who are interested. Um, And anyway, I wanted to send out a huge thank you to Laura. Thank you, Laura. Uh, Thank you for not only being such an awesome friend all these years, but also for sending me wine. (laughs) Just when That's I thought a I couldn't true love her friend. More. That's a true <laughs> she friend. Is, she is. She's <laughs> awesome. So I just wanted to throw that right out at the beginning of the show.
2: Okay. And speaking of wine, mm-hmm. uh, tonight, in honor of Anne from Australia,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: I have a 2005 whoop-whoop Shiraz. <laughs> I,
1: love, I, love I am so in love with the name of that wine
2: <laughs> from uh southeastern australia mm-hmm. it is eleven dollars a bottle mm-hmm. and whoop whoop is an invented name for any small unimportant town isn't that funny like <gasps> kind lives... of like how
1: we have like you know um and you know well actually we have unpronounceable well i can't say that because that's <laughs> bad language I was like, we kind of have a name for that in Uh America too, but I'm not going to say it because I've decided to behave myself. So continue. Okay, okay.
2: (laughs) And according to the uh, winery, it -hmm. is deep in color with great intensity, bursting with blackberry fruit juice and blueberry jam, and is balanced with black licorice, Mm -hmm. pepper, and spice, giving tremendous flavor and length.
1: Length. Mm -hmm. What's, what's we all length? know how
2: important that is. Well, what what is
1: <laughs> See here's the thing. You know, Sam length. reads it all and she totally gets what's going on because she's got her little wine background, like she knows what's going on. Me, all of a sudden wines are cheerful and they're bouncy and mm-hmm. they've got length. Like what's Length is a long finish.
2: So you taste it long after you swallowed it. Okay. Kind of like yeah.
1: Mexican food? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not quite as Apologies as to Mexican food oh, eateries. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> All right, you can finish.
2: Okay. And the really fun thing is that it weighs in at 15% alcohol. <gasps> Seriously, <gasps> that's a serious wine. That is. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. But it's very, very good. It's really smooth. I like it a lot. Oh, that's. So, I can't wait to try that. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So thanks, Anne. <laughs> very cool. And Anne... I'm thinking of you tonight, too, because I actually have, um, due to my laziness and cheapness, an Australian wine, (laughs) which is, again, a Lindemans, um, Mm -hmm. because, like I said, I just, I I, I find one thing and I stick with it. Um, It's Australian, just like Anne, uh, but it's not my usual Bin 65 Chardonnay. Oh, no. I am drinking a 2005 Bin 70 Chardonnay Mm. Riesling Blend.
2: Ooh because I'm critical, adventurous
1: that, that, way. that
2: critical <laughs> 5 bin difference <laughs> exactly and you know
1: when you're when you're when you're drinking a wine the the, the thing is like the bin wine <laughs> I mean, it sounds like the dollar store wine. Like, it's not really, like, even they're admitting that, like, this is crap. It's like aisle 64. (laughs) (laughs) This is like the Sam's Club wine, you know. Um, But it is also $11 a magnum, which I Mm -hmm. think is excellent, and uh, I can really respect that in a wine. Um, It is, I'm going to say, light and refreshing with a modest level of white grapefruit and apple flavors, giving this dry wine some charm. Charm. And, yeah, I, I stole that. (laughs) <laughs> directly from a website. No. A line, yes, dude, totally. <laughs> Could you tell I didn't write that myself? Because... It- <laughs> I would have been like, well, it's kind of dryish, you know, um, anyway, I sold that from winespectator.com. dot oh. uh, but it's very it's very well written I have to say these wine writers have got kind of a style, you know, yeah they, they've got some good stuff there they do, and uh, also, I'm really excited they didn't anthropomorphize too much, you know if they'd said it was sophisticated with a tendency toward walking funny, I wouldn't have <laughs> stolen that that, but they wrote it really well, so it was good um What I find interesting, though, about this wine is that, uh, well, I have the wine in my hand at this moment, and I know it's real and I'm not imagining it, um, and winespectator.com totally backs me up on that. Uh, It's not featured anywhere on the Lindemann's official website. That's interesting. Which is a little weird. I don't know why uh, Lindemann's is ashamed of this wine, because they've got all the other bin ones out there, so... (laughs) I don't know. Apparently, this is like the skeleton in the closet for Lindemans, which is really quite saying a lot. Uh, but, you know, actually, now that I think about it, though, that's probably a question I should have asked before I started drinking it. <laughs> or they may have sold out of it. Maybe. And maybe. maybe it it's a website. it's a 2005, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the Chardonnay Riesling Blanche. Boom! Right off the... <laughs> All the people heard me talking about it last week, and they just bought it out. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to try to figure out that mystery. And while we do that, we're going to take a break. We'll see you all back here in just a minute.
0: We here at Will Wright for Wine feel it's important to say that while we totally recommend drinking while podcasting, we do not recommend drinking while driving or drinking while emailing. Trust us on that one. Or underage drinking or drinking too much or, for that matter, drinking too little. Drink just the right amount like we do, and you'll be happy, like us. So just use common sense, and if you do something really stupid while drinking, like for instance calling your old boss and telling her she's an idiotic blowhard who couldn't do your job even if she had half a brain, then we just want to make it clear between all parties that it's really not our fault.
2: And we're back. Yes, we are. I have a reader-slash-listener question this week from Nikki in Colorado, and she writes, Love the logo. Good taste, Nikki. Yep. Mm -hmm. Who made the glass wine ring for the logo? (laughs) Who did that? I did. (laughs) How many glasses did you have to drink to get the right wine ring? (laughs) (laughs) That's another one of her questions. A few. Uh And Mm -hmm. what kind of wine is it, by the way? So, actually, I have to tell this whole story because it's kind of it's kind of uh, long and drawn out, and it has okay, a okay. lot of different for the record. Elements. Yeah. For
1: the record, mm-hmm. this is Sam with the long drawn out story. Okay, go ahead. Yes, yes. Okay, not okay. Lonnie doing the long drawn out no, story no. this time. Okay, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> well, we didn't want to spend the
2: money to actually buy a wine ring because you can buy them. <laughs> But we you wanted can. to put them on merchandise and stuff like that. So that means you have to buy, like, this huge license. And I'm like, you know, I can mm-hmm. do this, right? So I said, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll take care of the wine ring. So I tried uh, Pinot Noir because it was open. <laughs> and uh, But unfortunately, it wasn't um, dark enough, you know, because mm-hmm. it's a fairly light wine. Mm-hmm. So then I added red and blue food coloring to it. To the wine? To the wine in a little bowl wow. until I got the color I wanted. <laughs> So I got the color, and then, of course, I had to find the glass, but Mm -hmm. none of my wine glasses worked because the bottoms of them, the rims, are too flat, so it made, like, Mm -hmm. this be, like, really thick, thick ring.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, So I went through the house, and I tried stuff upside down. I tried, like, everything that I could find, and I finally (laughs) decided on, you know those Italian dressing mix shaker glass bottles things that you can buy? Yeah, you ever seen those? Yeah, like the good the good seasons. Yes, is that what it's called? Yes. Good seasons. Yes, something like that. Well, if that you, you f- make your own, yeah. yeah it, well, if you flip it over, mm-hmm. I use the top.
1: And it worked perfect. That's what That's I used. so brilliant. I know. I and know. it looks, I love it. It's so awesome. I couldn't even believe it when she called me and sent me this and said, I did it. I was like, oh, my God. It was
2: well, so beautiful. But that wasn't even the end of it. So then I had oh, no. the
1: coloring.
2: Uh-huh. Oh, I had the coloring. So I had it in a bowl, and I used a little, you know, bottle, and I put mm-hmm. it in the food coloring and, and, and wine, and then I put it on the paper, and it immediately bled. Mm-hmm. like across yeah. the paper mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. It. and then I tried cardboard mm-hmm. and then I tried cardstock mm-hmm. and then I tried um every piece of paper in the house that I could find <laughs> and then finally I I decided to try photo paper you know glossy photo paper uh-huh. yeah mm-hmm. so I did it with a photo paper and it came out perfect
1: oh it so that's was how like got the gorgeous one yes uh-huh. it was perfect mm-hmm. and
2: it didn't bleed or anything but the problem was the wine actually like 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 bubbled on it so it's like oh. sitting so I couldn't smear it I couldn't it wouldn't dry uh-huh. so then I had to put it under a heater to let it dry for like fifty, oh twenty 20 minutes
1: <laughs> she's so dedicated because if it had been me I would have called her and been like you know what cool your money we're buying that bad boy <laughs> So then, after
2: that, all I did was I scanned it and I created uh-huh. a JPEG for it, and then I brought it into Photoshop and I cleaned up some of the edges and stuff, and and thus went two hours of my life.
1: That's amazing, <laughs> but it's so worth it. I mean, of course, it's worth it to me because it wasn't two hours of my life. Right. But I mean, <laughs> I just got the phone call when it was like all perfect and wonderful, and I was like, oh my god! But um, but it is. I mean, it couldn't possibly couldn't possibly be. More perfect, and I I love the way it looks with that logo, and the Mm -hmm. logo, you know, Sam created the logo, she did a lot of the design work on the website, we sort of did that together, but I mean, a lot of that is, is Sam, and it just looks so gorgeous. Yeah. I so, love it. I'm yeah. in love with the website. I'm in love with the logo. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with the merchandise. Oh, oh yeah. Which is awesome. Is which is really the guys. The merchandise we're talking about is on our Cafe Press store. If you go to the website over on the right-hand side, there's a link to the Cafe Press store. And you don't have to buy anything, but go look at it. It's awesome stuff. It just looks so, so cool. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And we, we might be giving away some of those in the future but we're not going to tell you which ones (laughs) (laughs) the more stuff you guys buy off a cafe press the more we'll be able to afford um (laughs) good prizes for you guys. (laughs) that's right the prizes get better you know it's because somebody's walking around wearing those (laughs) t-shirts so thank you nikki yes thank you nikki great great question i actually have a question for the writer question all right which i'm very excited about this is from jill in missouri and just as a side note Jill skidded off her motorcycle a couple of weeks ago and has these problems with her back. And she's going to have to have surgery. So I just want everybody to send good healing thoughts, prayers to Jill for a speedy recovery. Yes. Because Jill is the awesomest. She is. Out of all the people, I love Jill. So we're thinking about you, baby. Get better. Get better. Um, But this is Jill's question for us. Uh, When you research for your books, is there one really odd factoid that surprises you? I think is a really good question. Um, and actually, there's pretty much always something <laughs> that surprises me when I research a book. Yes. Uh, usually, it's something that kind of steps into the book with like this really weird harmony, you know, uh, that, I, that unexpected harmony. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, in the Fortune Quilt, um, it's based on um, the real town, the fictional town of Bilby, Arizona, which is what I used in the Fortune Quilt, is actually based um, on Bisbee. So easy i changed I changed one word, one letter in the <laughs> word, and I was like, Nope, it's fictional now, um and uh, I, didn't, I didn't work too hard to mask that. But uh, aside from the name, they're pretty much identical. But mm-hmm. I really enjoy my freedom when I write. I don't want to worry about getting a little detail wrong. And it had been some years since I've actually been to Bisbee. Mm-hmm. So um, so I created this, you know, I kind of fictionalized the town. I, I usually try to do that um, in my books whenever possible. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't want people coming at me being all like, there's no cafe on the corner. Of the Our mayor is a woman. No one here can see the color blue. Ah! Or whatever the <laughs> (laughs) The details are about town, you know, because you know people are going to write you and be like, "Ah, that's wrong," because they love it when you're wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is, you know, I understand it. I understand it, but still, like, you're wrong, and people are like, "Boom!" and they're right on it, you know. Um, But anyway, so uh, after designing a good portion of the story around the concept of the main character being towered, um, which is based on the tarot card, the tower, which basically means that your whole life falls apart and you have to completely rebuild from scratch. It's not really a a fun card to get. <laughs> <laughs> I've both gotten it and lived through it, so uh, so I know what that's like, and it's not a lot of fun. Um, but anyway, so I, I had kind of built this whole idea of it being towered, and then I was doing some additional research on Bisbee, uh, because I needed to know a little bit more about the town once I got into to writing uh, Bilby, which mm-hmm. is the fictional town, um, in a little more detail, and discovered that the town had been originally built based on the copper mining industry, oh. which dried up. Mm-hmm. And now it's a little artist community because basically it had been towered. They had no business. There was nothing. I mean, there's nothing in this area, <laughs> southeastern Arizona. But there's there's Bisbee and there's Douglas, and they're like, nothing else, you know. And these two towns kind of, um, you know, were built up on the, on the mining industry. And then when that dried up, they had nothing. Right. So they created, um, they kind of reimagined themselves, rebuilt themselves into this really really awesome, very cool artist community. And so now, like, you know, the buildings that used to be like the barracks for the, you know, coal miners or whatever, are now that's like now the post office, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. So they just rebuilt everything that was there. And I thought it was such an amazing thing that, you know, I was writing this story about being towered. I was basing it on a town that had essentially been towered. That was exactly what I was looking for. And there it was. So, I mean, that's the kind of odd little factoid that will happen. And the thing is that that happened so often it's it almost frightening
2: <laughs> it does when you're writing a book all of a sudden you know you put something in there and you really don't know why it's there mm-hmm. yeah. and then you don't realize that you need it until like three chapters in you're like oh that's why i put that in there
1: exactly so, so do you have a situation like that where you did some research and it turned out to be oh. something that surprised you
2: well absolutely um mm-hmm. one of my cj berry books unmasked mm-hmm.
1: Oh, love that one. I'm sorry. I'm also, like, a big fan, too. Like, I'm not just being nice to her. I'm a huge, squeeing fangirl for this woman. So you guys got to understand, whenever she mentions a book, that's exactly what I'm Oh, my God, I love that one. So go on. Well, the uh, I,
2: I knew I wanted a pirate hero, mm-hmm. so I did a lot of research on uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And one, one sentence I found in one book, and I, I mean, I probably read six books on pirates um, mm-hmm. before I even started the story. It said that um, uh, they it mentioned how much pirates hated slavery, uh-huh. and they viewed slavery as a direct threat to their uh, democratic way of life, which was mm-hmm. one man, one vote. And at the time, that was, that was quite unique.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um
2: so many times if they captured a slave ship they would kill the crew and free the slaves mm-hmm. or even take some of them aboard as crew which is what ended up happening to my hero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So his mission became to save as many slaves as pro- as possible and um and that was his
1: story. <gasps> That's so cool, isn't it? Because cool? I loved that element of unmasked. I thought that yes. was one of the coolest little kind of twists in there. Because you know the story opens and there's this big bad pirate and you think that's what he's about, and then you learn there's so much more going on. Right. And it's it was I loved that book. Well, and I so like that he
2: mm-hmm. pirated to fund this uh, cosmic underground railroad, and yeah. I thought that was mm-hmm. um, really unique. So mm-hmm. it was really hard to hate him. You know. Oh yeah, no way. But mm-hmm. uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, so oh, that was
2: a, one little factoid, and you never know where those mm-hmm. are going to go. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you, you, sometimes you'll read something, and you just mm-hmm. kind of file it away, because mm-hmm. you never know when you might use it someday, yeah. too.
1: So. Yeah, well, that's really awesome. Yep. Well,
2: and that concludes our mail segment. Up next, uh, we recommend...
1: Oh, yes. I love this part. I don't know why, because I love, <laughs> this is like my favorite part. I get so excited about this silly little thing that I forced Sam to put in here. But um, because I love it when you love something, mm-hmm. I just want to share it with people, mm-hmm. you know, and I spend so much time, like you have to spend so much time as an author kind of promoting yourself. It's really fun to be like, you know, I just totally love this and I'm talk about it. Um, anyway, this week I am recommending Jason Mraz. Which is uh, Jason Mraz, J-A-S-O-N-M-R-A-Z.com. And for those of you, um, I think most of you have probably heard him. You may not be that familiar with him. He's kind of, you know, slightly alternative, a little bit on the fringe. But he had a huge hit a few years ago called The Remedy. Hmm. you know I won't worry my life okay I'm not going to say this is really horrible (laughs) go look it up Jason Mraz The Remedy you'll know it when you hear it but anyway he's got this incredibly funky kind of eclectic sound you get one of his albums and you know how some people um, they have like every song kind of sounds the same Mm -hmm. like Jack Johnson I love Jack Johnson but Mm -hmm. uh, you know you buy one album you bought them all I mean he's great and I love him but you know let's face it they're all the same song just done a little slightly differently whereas with Jason Mraz like he'll do one song in this incredibly kind of almost you know rap kind of style and then the next song will be this operatic you know <laughs> which it sounds really weird it sounds like one person wouldn't like all the same songs but i really do i love them his best album i think was the album called waiting for my rocket to come and that's the one that has um it has, uh, what was the song I was just talking about, Remedy. Sorry, I'm, I'm brain dead. I, I've been writing a lot this week, and I had a flu earlier this week, so I'm, I'm kind of brain dead tonight. Um, but uh, but anyway, so he had the song The Remedy on it, and he has this wonderful song called The Curbside Prophet, which I swear to God is like bluesy rap. It's so fun. I love that song. <laughs> Curbside Prophet. Go listen to it on iTunes. If you don't love it, you're insane. And um, Geek in the Pink is from his um, album that came after that called Mr. A to Z. I think that's what it's called, Mr. A to Z, mm-hmm. something like that. Anyway, Geek in the Pink is this fabulous song that I actually used um, for the Finn character in the Comeback Kiss. He ah. was my That was my inspiration. Whenever I needed to write Finn, I would play Geek in the Peak because it was really um, this very kind of um, sort of like rap, kind of white boy rap song you know, <laughs> about a geek. <laughs> who washed his laundry white boy
2: rappers rappers. did i is that
1: insulting the white boy rapper thing um but but anyway (laughs) apologies nazis whoops did i say nazis again um but uh, but yeah, it's just such a fabulous song, and it's so funny, and he's got this great sense of humor, and uh, I definitely definitely recommend Jason Mraz. So everybody out there, go find him on iTunes and and listen to him. He's fabulous. Okay. What do you recommend this week, Sam?
2: I actually am going to recommend a movie. Uh huh. Ghost Rider with Nicholas Cage. Uh uh-huh. We the whole family went to see it uh, about mm-hmm. two weeks ago, in the theater, and uh, if you are into comic book heroes, this movie was great had excellent special effects. It had the whole character struggling with his power type thing. And mm-hmm. uh, it was very well done. We really enjoyed it. Very cool. So, now, what kind of superhero is this? This was a, a Ghost Rider is the superhero.
1: Ghost Rider is a super. I don't understand. Yeah. Like, he rides ghosts. What does he do? <laughs> no. He, <laughs> what's, his, um, what's his superpower?
2: Well, he's like, um, it's kind of hard to explain. He rides a motorcycle uh-huh. and his head's on fire. So you kind of have to see sorry, it to believe okay, it. Wait, alt.
1: Alt. He rides a motorcycle and his head is on How Actually, when is a, kind a, of that's like, like... That's an emergency situation. That's not a superhero quality. His head's on fire? It's kind of hard to explain. You have to see it. But it really
2: works on him. It worked on Nicolas Cage.
1: Okay, is, any, is everybody else out there? Raise your hands if you're completely thrown off by this. Okay, so I'm fascinated now. So yeah. what does he, does he save babies? What does he do with well, this hair night, on fire special? at night, in the Oh, dark. he can see at night because his hair's on fire. Well, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I'm going- oh, sorry, are we giving away major plot points with uh, the hair on uh, fire guy? <laughs>
2: Well it's funny because in the movie they they you know the 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 heroine is his girlfriend his ex-girlfriend yeah. is uh-huh. is a reporter and she's she's interviewing this girl on the street mm-hmm. who just saw him like go driving by and she's like explaining him <laughs> she's he was riding this motorcycle and like his head was on fire. So.
1: <laughs> I'm fascinated. And they all
2: looked at her like she was crazy so kind of probably the way that you're
1: A little similar to the way I'm talking to you right now, right? (laughs)
2: But if you want,
1: go check out the trailer.
2: Okay. It's a Sony picture, so it's on the www.sony.com, probably Ghost Rider or something like
1: that. Okay, well, I know what I'm doing as soon as we finish (laughs) the podcast, because the whole head on fire thing has got me fascinated. Especially Nicholas Cage, too, because he's, Mm -hmm. you know, he's kind of, I don't know, he's uh, he may not be getting that old, but he seems to be playing a lot of older parts. Like yeah. he seems to be—I mean, yeah. the man's like what, like in his forties? But he's like completely embracing the fifties. Like he's <laughs> everything. He's got the like gray hair now, and no, I'm like, he look good. That, did he look good? Oh yeah. Well, that's oh, good. Yeah. Who played his girlfriend? Uh, I can't remember. Do you know? Now, see, because I'm, I'm all into stars and actors, yeah, and,
2: and I, I know that she's not a so big much. actress, but I just can't remember her last name. because I, uh, I know I totally screwed
1: up. I absolutely have to. And if anybody out there, if you have information about Ghost Rider, if you've seen it, if you have an opinion on it, email us at feedback at because I'm dying to hear more about this movie, and I can't get out of the, the house much. Honestly, when do I see I never see movies, because I've got small children, and we've got one car, so pretty much that's it for me. But um, I'm fascinated to hear more about this. This is awesome. All right, so while I pick Sam's brain about the guy with the motorcycle and his head on fire. We're going to go ahead and take a little break here, and we'll see you all back in a minute.
0: (laughs) A sexy international art thief with a license to steal, and a past she can't escape. An ex-cop with a murder to avenge, and nothing left to lose. A calculating killer launches a deadly game. From the heat of Havana to the streets of New York City, the race for justice is on. Sight Unseen by Samantha Graves. Available April 1st at a store near you.
1: And we are back. We are back. And before we get started on this segment, I have to say, during the break, Sam made me go and watch the trailer for head on fire guy <laughs> also known as Ghost Rider I told you I told you I mean the, the thing that's funny though is what's his special power well his head's on fire <laughs> but it's only at night so during the day he's normal he's normal type guy yes. at night he's his head is on fire yeah and that's pretty much it. <laughs> but did you see the goth girl? Oh yeah, no, the goth girl. Because in the trailer, guys, they have this this goth chick who's trying to describe. She's like this guy. He's got his head on fire, and the dress is like, his head is on fire. And she goes, yeah. And she's like holding her hands around her hair, kind of like making a fire motion. She's like, Shh. you know, the sound of. Like you really need the sound effects. I think once you say his skull is on fire, like the yeah. visual pretty much matches what it you does. get from the trailer. You guys gotta go SonyPictures.com. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. You totally have to go and check it out. It was a good movie too. I totally believe you. Uh huh. <laughs> All right, so let's get serious. What are we doing now? <laughs> acronyms acronyms that's right yes Yes. oh gosh well i have to tell you part of the reason why i wanted to do this topic was because acronyms are just this funny thing to me after a while i mean it's it's this weird exclusive shorthand that you have to get to know to like belong in the internet writers community you know and as writers we we spent a lot of time On the internet. And I know the internet, Mm -hmm. you know, because people are typing, they got like the LOL for laugh out loud and Mm ROFL for rolling on the floor laughing if LOL is not enough to express how funny you think something is i don't know but um (laughs) but as writers we've kind of adopted that and so because we're we're on the internet so much and this has kind of become a shorthand i wanted to sort of talk about um a lot of the um the acronyms that we use so that if you know sam and i are kind of throwing them out for you new writers or non-writers out there that you'll have some kind of idea about what we're talking about this is kind of like the glossary show you know right um but uh you know, we want to talk about so when we're talking about things like POV and GMC, you know, you'll you'll know what we're talking about. Although mm-hmm. typically my term of choice is PB Army ASAP. <laughs> See what I need is a little boop <laughs> like dump cha like sound effect for when I use the really, really that's this is No we both need it. We we need sound effects. Exactly. Be, this is my prime in. material. P B Army ASAP, it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> okay, it's not that funny. It was funnier when I wrote it. All right. <laughs> For writers who already know this stuff, see how many you can guess before we give it away. That's right. Mm-hmm. The first one is POV. Mm-hmm. Which is? Which is point of view. Yes. <laughs> which relates to the perspective of the main character, the character who owns that scene. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, uh, in romance, it's usually
2: third person. So you have he said, she said, he Mm -hmm. did, you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, first person has also uh, started to uh,
1: make some headway into romance. Yeah, actually, um, first person, I think, kind of broke in with uh, your Bridget Jones's Diary kind of mm-hmm. story is when first person sort of hit it. Before that, everybody was like, oh, you'll never sell a first person story. So whenever anybody tells you you'll never blah, 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 just don't listen to them because eventually people are going to look for something that's different and they're going to want to read something that's different. But um, but yeah, first person is mostly used in, in like your women's fiction, your chick lit and that kind of thing. So that's what for those stories um, like for me, I write time off for good behavior, ex and single girl, the fortune quilt. Those are my Chicklet, women's fiction whatever you want to call them uh type stories those are written in first person but then like the comeback kiss maybe baby um crazy in love which is coming out in october those are all written in um in third person mm-hmm. which is like he said she said and all of sam's books all your books are, are third person they're all right? third person mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. right now yeah so uh
2: the next one is gmc and i'll give you a hint it's not the truck <laughs>
1: <laughs> Although the first time everybody hears that one, they always think that what?
0: Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. that's a Are tough one. Talking about what? GMC we is writing? a tough one. Does somebody
1: have a car problem? Um, yeah, that's goal, motivation, and conflict, which is essentially the backbone mm-hmm. of of storytelling. Is that you've got a your character has to want something, they have to be motivated to get it, and there has to be something in the way. That's essentially what that comes down to. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. For example, so, like <laughs> Ghost Rider. <laughs> So, if a guy has a skull on
2: fire, his goal would be to have the skull not be on fire.
1: (laughs) Which would be my goal. And his motivation
2: would probably be to pick up chicks, because he's probably not going to get a lot of chicks with the flaming skull. (laughs) (laughs) And the conflict would be the bad guy that he's supposed to go, like, kill Mm -hmm. for the really bad guy. Mhm. Yeah. The guy who sold his soul to. So that would be his conflict.
1: The guy that set his head on fire. Yes. The guy who <laughs> there lit was the match. <laughs> and the motorcycle is just a cool prop. It is. <laughs> it, is. it is it's really cool. Y'all prop. have to go and watch this dot <laughs> sonypictures.com. It's awesome. <laughs> so the next one. Oh gosh, this one. Okay. <laughs> This next we one had a lot of fun BBM. with this one. BBM. <laughs> Which stands for what? What does this stand for? Okay, this next joke, I just want uh-huh. it for the record. Sam came up with this one.
2: <laughs> it is not the big bad movement.
1: Big bad movement? <laughs> big bad movement. Wait, you're calling it a bad movement? <laughs> BM doesn't stand for bad movement. <laughs> Why don't you admit what you were really thinking about? <laughs> <laughs> we'll
2: leave that up to our listeners I think they could figure <laughs> it out use your
1: imagination <laughs> BBM, big black moment big black moments when everything is lost your protagonist yes. has everything's gone wrong everything yes. they've tried, nothing's working everything right. seems lost mm-hmm. right before things kind of turn around that's the big that's right. black moment, so the BBM yes,
2: and that generally happens about three quarters
1: of the way through the book about that about yeah, that and because now by in then. our next it's appropriately followed by the acronym <laughs> TP. TP what does that not stand for Sam <laughs> All right. So now if you all are drinking along uh-huh. with us as you're listening to the podcast, not if you're drinking This is a lot as funnier. you're listening to the podcast, if you're drinking along if you're with drinking, us, yeah. this is going to be a lot funnier. It is.
2: Right. And if you haven't started drinking, I would right now. <laughs> <laughs> I would have started in the last block, actually. <laughs> as soon as the guy's head is on fire, I'd be yeah. like, I'm cracking up in that wine. TP is turning point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And actually, you use these more than I do. Because I do them, but I don't realize that I do them. So this is kind of a new concept for me.
1: Yeah, I didn't really either. I actually, um, of course, you know, I'm the one, um, like, we've kind of touched on this, and we're going to do it in more detail soon. But um, how I'm a pantser, which is kind of like a, you know, by the seat of your pants typewriter. And um, Sam here is more of a plotter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yet I've recently hit this huge breakthrough with turning points because I don't have to plan every scene out I just have to know that at a certain point in the story, you know, about a third of the way through, something important is going to happen. Something's going to change the way that my protagonist looks at her situation, and it's going to mm-hmm. it's going to alter the way that she acts. Either something's going to get in her way, or just something's going to change and alter the the course that she chooses to take. And so right. that basically is essentially a turning point. You get two or three, four of them in the course of a book, depending on how many acts. Mm-hmm. Um, your writing but yeah so this is right. like as close as I'm ever going to get to structure is <laughs> <It's, it's laughs> knowing a couple of turning points ahead of time and I have to say it's changed my life because I am a pantser mm-hmm. but I you know up, up until this point I was always kind of just completely pantsing the whole thing and I never had any idea where anything was going it was totally painful now I know what the turning point is going to be and I write to the turning point mm-hmm. and then I worry about the next turning point after that so it makes it a lot easier on me actually yeah, and I think it's something that I that I kind of do organically. Mm-hmm. So I yes. don't really
2: kind of pay attention to it. I mm-hmm. just know when something needs to happen. Exactly. So. Mm-hmm.
1: But, exactly. But that's what TP is. Big bad. The big bad. Which okay, is... I gotta I gotta bring Buffy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> See Sam, I I know you're not going to believe this, but I actually am the huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and Sam not so much Sam has not been no. converted yet so everybody out there is a big Buffy fan I want you to email Sam at com <laughs> and explain to her why it's the best thing in the world <laughs> she's going to hate me for that but anyway <laughs> just email her and tell her how awesome it is because Buffy the thing with Buffy is that there's seven seasons of Buffy right every right. season had its own villain. Overarching mm-hmm. villain. They would have pati- you know different monsters of the week or whatever that were going on. But there was always the overarching villain that was kind of controlling Pulling everything. Pulling the strings. From, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So um, so that's essentially what the big bad is. The big okay. villain. The, the bad person. And this mm-hmm. is different kind of from necessarily antagonists. Because I have a lot of antagonists in my books. Because my books are romantic comedies. There's really no place for a guy who like say makes you Promise him your soul and then sets your head on fire. In my book, <laughs> that's a big bad. <laughs> Which is kind of a big bad. Anybody who sets your body parts on fire, I think, automatically big bad. But for me, my antagonists are usually people who mean well. Usually, mm-hmm. not always, but usually people who who mean well. They love the protagonist. Often, it's a mother. You know, I don't. I swear, I don't have mother issues. I just love writing crazy moms, but um, who, who, you know, meanwhile, but they they end up, you know, causing a lot of conflict for the characters and sort of getting in the way. It's like the the road to hell being paved with good intentions and flaming skulls. But <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Ghost Rider callbacks throughout the whole show, guys. Get the whole show. <laughs> but anyway, so that's what the big bad is—the big villain, the overarching villain for the whole thing. Yes. Yeah, uh,
2: H-E-A mm-hmm. would be Happily Ever After. Absolutely. And every romance has one, I think. hmm And, um... I don't know if the Ghost Rider actually was a happily ever after.
1: You'll have to go see the movie. And find You'd
2: it. have to go see the movie. And for and those of I you who do see away. the movie
1: because I have, I have small children and I will mm-hmm. never see a movie in a theater for probably about another 6 or 7 years. <laughs> but um please please email us a feedback at com. It'll get you an entry in the big giveaway, which we'll yes. talk about a little bit later in the show. Mm-hmm. And um and also I just need to know what you guys think about the big flaming skull guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the happily ever after is that at the end, we you know you have to know in the book that you're reading that that these people are you know pretty much that the conflict's been resolved that everything's going to be okay mm-hmm. and they're going to kind of ride off into the sunset and be happy. So that's what we look happy. for in romance novels. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is ARC or arc A- I or call ARC. Them arcs. Yes. But it, it could just be me. Because, you know, you're on the internet, you pronounce things however you feel like pronouncing them. <laughs> like whether it's the quote-unquote accepted by the canon kind of thing. I have no idea, but I call them ours. It is the advanced reader slash
2: reviewer copy. Mm-hmm. And these are the early uh, copies of the book that go out, and generally they are unedited.
1: Yes. And mm-hmm. they go
2: out for early reviews.
1: Mm-hmm. And so yes. and, they're, and they are illegal to sell on eBay. Yes. <laughs> Although that really burns a lot of people up, but honestly, I just don't even care. (laughs) I'm so excited somebody's reading my book. Like I don't care where you buy it, (laughs) which actually is a really bad thing to say because authors don't get any any um, profit at all. Those those books for every book of those sold we don't get any of the money from it so somebody gets right. it for free to mm-hmm. review it and then they sell it on ebay it's kind of cheesy to do because yeah. they're basically screwing us out of that sale that like somebody who would who bought on ebay maybe would have bought the new version in the store mm-hmm. which you know whatever so we're just saying don't buy them on ebay if yes. you can, if you can avoid it <laughs> and the next uh, one is ms for for manuscript, manuscript. Is... Uh, or mss for manuscripts yes exactly for the plural, plural. the plural of ms is mss and yes. the plural of flaming skull would be <laughs> fss right? yes fss <laughs> fss <laughs> i'm sorry i'm so i'm so um, I, i'm just going to be amused by this for days <laughs> flaming skull guy Moving and on. the last <laughs> one is SASE, or S-A-S-E is how I've always thought of it. But again, it's one of those things where you you mm-hmm. pronounce it differently or you see it differently on the internet. I don't know how most people do it. So email us and let us know if yes. you're writers. Is it SACE or is it S-A-S-E? <laughs> because we it need feedback. Mm-hmm.
2: Either way, it is self-addressed stamped. Envelope. Yes, which is what which you send is... in
1: whenever you submit a query to an agent right. or to an editor. You include right. the self-addressed stamped envelope if you ever want to hear from these people. <laughs> <laughs> They're too busy to be going out stamping their own damn envelopes, people. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. I'm
2: sorry. I think that's it. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: You keep Lani, cutting out, like on, the, on my headphones I keep cutting out, so I never know oh. when I'm interrupting Sam or not, So I'm probably talking all over during this entire segment. I don't mean to be rude. I just simply can't help it. But, yes, that pretty much wraps up the uh, the segment right now. So we're going to go ahead and take a break, and we will see you all back here for the next uh, next segment.
0: <laughs> for 29 years, Carly McKay has known that her mother was never coming back her father was never going to file for divorce, her little sister was never going to grow up, and that psychics were full of crap. This year, all that changes. From award-winning author Lonnie Diane Rich comes The Fortune Quilt, a heartwarming story about family, psychics, love, and quilts, and what happens when they all collide at once. Publishers Weekly calls The Fortune Quilt vibrant. Perkis Reviews calls it beguiling, and you can call it yours if you just head on down to your local bookstore because it's available now. Pick up your copy today.
2: And we're back. And we are. Want to win some great prizes? Yes!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, people, I gotta tell you, this is the third time that Sam and I have started this (laughs) segment. And we keep screwing to up, finish and now it. I'm just getting the giggles, but this time we're going all the way through, so We, are, I'm sorry we are. Okay, that's i sorry, okay, I keep
2: getting the giggles. Okay, well head on down to willwriteforwine.com and give us some
1: feedback. <laughs> 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 it's fine. Keep going. Okay. This is like the blooper reel, only we're actually using it.
2: <laughs> we're looking for reader slash... Listener questions, mm-hmm. writer questions, wine suggestions, if you're over 21, or just general commentary on how you like the show.
1: Or the guy Each... with his head on fire. <laughs> <laughs> we Apologies better get at least Nicholas one. Cage. We better, yes, we better one. I know, we have to get at one. least one comment on the head yes, on fire, because that's this is good stuff, people. That was
2: good stuff. Is. Okay, so I'm sorry, go ahead, I will okay. be quiet. Each month, all eligible entries will go into a wine bucket. At the end of the month, we'll pull a a name out of the wine bucket to win a fabulous prize. On tap for March will be two prizes to one lucky winner, a signed copy of Sight Unseen by Samantha Graves and a signed copy of The Fortune Quilt by Lonnie Diane Rich. We will announce the winners for March 2007 on April 7th, 2007. If you're listening to this podcast uh, too late for this giveaway, uh, check out the site at com. Anyway, we're planning giveaways every
1: month, so you might just get lucky. <laughs> we did it! We Yay! <laughs> I was deliberately not commenting, because I knew if I did, we'd start drinking up again. It's been a very long night, and we keep drinking, that and that's good. the thing. is, like Every time we screw up, we're like, all right, another drink! <laughs> and then by the end of the thing, by the time we get to the D-block, we're like, what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> All right, go Okay, ahead. up next, we have the weekly weigh-in. Okay, look, here's the thing. Bonnie <laughs> doesn't like that name. It's a write-in. It's a write-in, okay. not a weigh-in. Every time okay. you say that, my right eye twitches. <laughs> like, oh, God, I don't have to get on the scale. Don't make me get on the scale. I had chocolate today. All right, uh, that said, mm-hmm. this How'd week for the write-in, uh huh. I got 21 pages. 15 Yay. of which... I wrote today, and that's okay. <laughs> I know that sounds like procrastination, but y'all have to understand my yeah. my baby. Last week, for those of you who listened last week, you remember that my my youngest child, Light, came mm-hmm. home with this horrible gastrointestinal evil. Yes, <laughs> and she, you know, promptly being the sharing, loving child, <laughs> lovely child that she is, she shared it with the entire household. So we have been out. Of the count. Like, whenever I wasn't sick, I was taking care of somebody else who was sick. So basically, the, the world just started kind of getting back on its tilt yesterday. So I got some writing done yesterday, and I got some writing done today. And 21 pages is not as much as I should be getting done in a week, but damn, I don't care. You did <laughs> I'm well. Glad, I'm glad I got even that. How'd you do this week? I got 22
2: pages, mm-hmm. oh. but 12 of those were this afternoon. This <laughs> afternoon.
0: <laughs> See,
1: I think that this podcast is very motivating for us. It is. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm like, it no is. way am I getting in there and having two pages. At <laughs> first <laughs> show me up with 25 pages and I've only got two pages written. No way. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, good for you. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank and 12 you. pages in a day is it really, is, that is a big pace for you. I mean, you know, I, that sounds really condescending to say. And honestly, it's, no, it's not that. Sam understands what I'm talking you know, about. Yeah. If you know Everybody how write. writes at a different pace mm-hmm. you know and it has nothing to do with how good a writer you are it's just that some people write faster and some people write at a at a more she's a more steady mm-hmm. she's the tortoise and i'm the hare. like <laughs> i'm always yes. rushing to my deadline at the last second and i'm also a procrastinator which yeah. is well and i also
2: lot. i also do research as i write yeah mm-hmm. because i need to visualize where they are so mm-hmm. i spent all day today on websites looking mm-hmm. at pictures and stuff so it really yeah. it, that really slowed me down slowed, But i mean does for me.
1: 12 pages in a day is was amazing good. I mean I'm mm-hmm. so impressed with how much you've been getting done I mean it's yeah. just it's really really impressive because it's just Thank usually you. she doesn't go at that kind of a pace right um, and write such good stuff too because I've been reading the stuff that you sent me and it's still really good <laughs> she's still better than me damn it okay <laughs> You Uh haven't shared your sentence with me, and now I just Uh, am dying to hear your favorite sentence of the week. So now you have to share it. Okay. This is my
2: sentence. Polly leaned in and whispered, and stick close to Simon. He might be a dick, but I don't think he'll let you get killed because, you know, he needs you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You have to know Polly. Okay, guys, you have to understand. Now, there's a book that's coming to your bookstores on April 1st called Sight Unseen by Samantha Graves. And it is fabulous. One of the most fabulous things about this incredible book is this character of Polly yeah. who is is going to come back in the next book. And mm-hmm. when she started writing, the first time I saw Polly on the page, yeah. I fell in love with him. He's like 150 pounds, tech geek guy. <laughs> who has no fear. I no mean fear. he is like the um uh, he's so brave mm-hmm. because he will get anybody like guy like 500 pounds of muscle and Polly be like hopping up just to meet him to eye <laughs> and be like you don't even don't even you know I love Polly. <laughs> he's like one of my favorite characters as soon as she said Polly I was like ah! <laughs> So you gotta understand this like six foot tall, hundred and fifty pound guy. Like. Yeah. <laughs> or I don't know, is he that tall? I picture him very tall and yes. skinny. Oh, you know, he's who, Polly? So skinny. Yeah, Paulie. No, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think he's that tall. He's not that tall. No, no. no. I picture him as tall and skinny. Yeah, but maybe yeah. he's not. He's quite definitely that tall. skinny, but he's I don't think he's. <laughs> And he's just so cute, and I love him. And he, yes. I don't think he'd ever really make a strong romance hero, but I kind of I want know. Polly to have his own book because I just I love know. him. I just want him <laughs> as, a, as a, you know, secondary character in every book you write. I yeah. don't care if it's in this universe or not. I just want Polly. I love him. <laughs> All right. So anyway, okay, i uh, to 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 um, my sentence, which is also from the um, <clears throat> the book that I'm writing, which is, A Little Ray of Sunshine. It'll be in your bookstores in 2008 sometime. Um it's never too early to start shilling. That's what I say. Yes. <laughs> but here's my sentence. Stop saying thingy, I shouted after them. It's starting to sound dirty and you're hurting my brain. <laughs> this is from a, a scene where um, she's got like her, her kind of a, a brother. It's not her real brother, but it's kind of a brother character who's uh-huh. sort of dating her friend. And they're talking about going to this museum, but they can't remember what's in the museum, so they call it the Thingy Museum. <laughs> and as they're going, they're like, "It's got the best thingies in the world. It's got the best thingy." Blah, blah. And after a while, she's like, "Ah, stop saying thingy." <laughs> so that is that is my my big glorious sentence, Pulitzer Prize winning sentence of the week. Yes, awesome. Well, not not literally for those of you who might. Take it, I'm I'm not going to win a Pulitzer. <laughs> literally, Prize, literally. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that's, okay. uh, that's it. All right, great. Well, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a minute.
0: If a half-hour week of Lonnie and Sam isn't enough for you, we've got some suggestions. First, there's LiteraryChicks.com, where Lonnie blogs with fellow writers and hilarious gals, Michelle Kuna, Whitney Gaskell, Eileen Rindell, Alicia Holiday, and Beth Kendrick. Every month brings new special guest authors and new giveaways, so stop on by. For more Sam, go ahead and click your way on over to samanthagraves.com. She's got the latest news, contests, and some great giveaways. There are also links to her blog, her MySpace page, which you've got to go there, and the website for her alter ego, C.J. Berry, author of award-winning futuristic romances. So be sure to check out literarychicks.com and samanthagraves.com for more from the girls.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Be sure to send your wine suggestions to us at feedback at WillWriteForWine or in the comments on the website. Send good wine suggestions to Sam. Me. Send cheap wine suggestions to me. Lonnie. <laughs> also, don't miss our cool Cafe Press store with the logo that we talked about on all the really cool merchandise. Yes. Um, and uh, the link can be found in the right-hand column of the website, WillWriteForWine.com. Yes, and if you like the show, please, please go
2: to yes. iTunes and give us a great review.
1: Go to or, iTunes and give us a review. We really, really need good reviews. We've only yes. got one. It's we only very, got one. Very sad. Yes. Yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Or vote for us on PodcastAlley.com. And there's also a link directly to our um, our page on Podcast Alley, uh, also in the right hand column on the um, on the website. Yes. So we'll write for mm-hmm. Yes. And to subscribe to this podcast, go to willwriteforwine.com.
2: We have links there to help you do it. Mm -hmm. Next week's topic is writing process. (laughs) And trust me when I say you're going to get two very different
1: points of view on that one. Okay. And as much fun as this week's podcast has been, I think that one is going to be even more fun. We started talking about it last night, and it's just, it's a blast. (laughs) And finally,
2: we worked on our tagline so we don't (laughs) screw it up like we did last week.
1: Oh, we'll find a way. (laughs) We always find a way. All right. Are we ready? We're ready. Okay. Until next week, this is Lonnie. And this is Sam saying, if you can't write for money, then write for wine. Yay! (laughs) Have a good week. We'll see you next week. Bye.
0: Bye. We'll Write for Wine is brought to you every Saturday by Lonnie Dianrich and Samantha Graves. Visit us at willrideforwine.com, where you can find show notes and news about what Lonnie and Sam are up to. Music provided by the good folks at the Podshow Music Network. That's music.podshow.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, and I'm sure you did, please tell your friends and go vote for us, okay, at Podcast Alley. Or you can write a really glowing review at iTunes, because remember, the more popular we become, the more you can tell your friends you knew us when. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.